0: And we as a church family are studying through this particular book of the Bible, verse by verse, paragraph by paragraph, and we are halfway through chapter 5. And today, we have just one verse of the Bible to consider. Now, I don't know if that means the sermon is any shorter, but, but it's just one verse of the Bible, Ephesians 5, 21, which says... Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So far, the reading of God's word. And when I thought about this word, I thought about my favorite Sesame Street clip that I used to watch with my son and my daughter, and we used to sing around the house as one of the best teaching tools And so, Mike, if you would just give me one minute, just take me back about 20, 22 years. Cooperation makes it happen. Cooperation, working together. Cooperation makes it happen. Cooperation, working together. I saw these crazy dudes and they went, the street. They were clearing out the empty lot and making it neat. I said, man, is this cool? What you trying to do? They said, making a garden for me and for you. They said, hey, man, join us. Come on, let's go. I tell you, in the Yenshko household, when it's time to clean the table, when it's time to do the dishes, when it's time to take out the trash, that was the song that we sang. And that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about in Ephesians 5 when he addresses the church. And he says, Submit to one another. Cooperate with one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I've been a pastor for over 25 years, and I love being a pastor most of the time. And the thing that I have come to see is that, you've heard me say this before, there is nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. There's nothing like it. Because we are a particular expression of the body of Christ as we celebrate glory and love of God, as we communicate a message of good news to a hurting and a dying world, and as we cultivate the love of Christ among ourselves and disciple each other to grow in Him. There is nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. It's what God has ordained to bring blessing and to display His glory in the world. The local church, cooperation, makes it happen. Cooperation working together. And that's what this passage is all about. Now, when you hear the phrase that says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, how do you feel when someone asks you to submit? Well, if you remember the context of this, the operative command began back in verse 18. And so I can't tell you about this verse without reminding you that he says in verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So the command is be filled with the Spirit. And then he goes on in verses 19, 20, and then in our passage 21, and he tells us what it's going to look like if you're a Spirit-filled Christian. And he says... That first of all, you will speak to one another with songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. You will sing and make music in your heart to God. And so, the first thing that a spirit filled Christian is seeing, uh, is, that you'll notice in a spirit filled Christian, is worship. That they speak, their speech is about praising God. And then the next verse it says. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what else you'll see in a spirit-filled Christian? Gratitude. Gratitude. Thankfulness. And it just flows out of someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit of Christ, you see. Thankfulness, worship. But now there's a third result down in verse 21, our text for today. Listen to this again. And submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. A submissive, cooperative attitude, apparently, is going to characterize a person who's full of the Holy Spirit. How do you feel about that, you strong North Shore New Yorkers? How do you feel about this, that you need to submit? Well, let me illustrate it before it uh, is too disturbing to you. Let's just... Remember the people who were standing up here a few minutes ago. And we had four vocalists. All four of the vocalists have their unique voice, their special gifting. But notice that they had to sing together. They had to sing in unison together. And they, one couldn't go too fast or an, and another too slow, and one couldn't be too loud. They, they needed to blend, and they needed to be under the direction of Tony, who led the rehearsal and who taught them the song and the music. And then there's the band, and our band is made up of professional musicians, and these guys these guys are hot shots. These guys do gigs all night, all over Manhattan, all over New York, and they can each one do a solo. They can do solo work that is outstanding, but on Sundays, on Sundays, they need to submit to Tony, who's the team leader, and they need to stay in rhythm. They have to submit to Ian's rhythm. And they need to submit to Tony's sense of, of, of volume. And, and they need to submit to uh, uh, one another and the whole team needs to work together. One goes too fast, too slow, it, it creates a cacophony. That's not going to work. And then they need, all need to submit to the most powerful man in the room, who's Mike Devine, up there in the sound <laughs> booth. And, and we... You, you, but do you, do you understand... There's nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. And it's this way in the body of Christ. Cooperation is so important. And it's a beautiful thing. I wonder if any of you are familiar with Psalm 133. Psalm 133 begins so beautifully. It says how pleasant it is, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It's the best A beautiful thing. And yet, if we are honest, if you're honest and I'm honest, there is not much that is harder to do than submission. In our flesh, in our sinful human nature, we don't like this submitting to each other. It goes all the way back to Adam in the Garden of Eden. It goes all the way back to our first parents. And you remember what God said to Adam and Eve? He said, of all the trees in the garden, you may freely eat. Okay? Thousands of them. Delectable choices. Whatever you'd like. All of them. Of all of them, you may freely eat. But this one tree over here, of this one tree, you may not eat. And how did Adam like that? You got all these trees. But of the one, you may not eat. When the serpent came and tempted him and said, see how God is restricting you and forcing you to submit and Adam didn't like it. Parents, you can see this in your own kids. You know, you have your child, and they come to you, and they say, Mom, uh, or Dad, can I do this? And you say, Yes. And then they say, Dad, can I do this? And you say, Yes. And then they say, Dad, can I do this? And they say, Yes. And they say, Dad, can I do this? And you say, You know, no, I'm not so sure that's a good thing. No, uh, you can't do that. But what does the child say? You never let me do anything. Because there's a sense inside of us that a single restriction is oppressive. And I, why, I am the captain of my soul. I am the master of my fate, you see. And it rises up and I will throw off anyone who wants to tell me what to do because nobody's going to tell me what to do. I will be autonomous. You see, submission is contrary to the nature of fallen, sinful people. We rebel against it. It's not natural because I am self-centered. I am me-centered. I will look for my own happiness, my own fulfillment, before I will be concerned with yours. This is why so many marriages struggle, why so many churches struggle. And have fights and splits. Why family members can go for years without talking to each other. Because we refuse to submit. But now, the Bible says of you and of me, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And according to this passage, you then learn how to submit yourself, to cooperate, and to put your agenda aside in order to make it happen. So let me ask some questions of the text, of just this verse. Uh, do what? To whom? Why? How? What does God want us to do here? It's, it's, it's this word, submit. And the word is used in two ways. It's used in a, as a military term. That's not the case here, but in a military term, Usage. This word refers to a, a division of men who are marshaled under a commander and they are submitted to do what he commands them to do. That's the military sense. In a non-military sense, it's not so much uh, soldiers who've been conscripted, but it is used to describe people who voluntarily cooperate with another. That's what's happening here. It is a, it's, in, it's so grammatically arranged so that it is a voluntary cooperation with another. You're not being forced to do it. You're doing it because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, because you love Jesus. You're you're voluntarily cooperating with each other. So submit yourself. To whom? That's question number two. Well, to one another, it says. And so there is, in a sense, a place for all believers who have a cooperative spirit, uh, should have a cooperative spirit with all other believers. Now, this does not... Eliminate or disqualify rank or order in the world because the Bible itself speaks about certain functional relationships of leadership. Leadership in the marriage, leadership in the home, leadership in the marketplace, leadership in the church. In fact, the passages we're going to study the next couple of weeks talk specifically about those. But this passage says that before we get to that, there is a general principle for every believer, that you should cooperate with each other. And it's a standard for everyone. And I love it when the church does. Our church, you're going to have to bear with me here, I just all this week was a very exciting week for me. And I was thinking about the local church, even the work day that we just had, even in the membership orientation class, explaining how we try and work together as a church family. It's really exciting for me, North Shore Community Church, functioning together. I think regionally. I was at a a gathering for Vision Long Island this week, and I've been in a gathering for our local uh, Metro New York Presbytery. Our church is not an independent church. Churches should not be independent, according to the Bible. We are connectional. Churches should be connected and accountable to each other. And when this church was formed, we promised the local presbytery that we would submit to and comply with and uh, the bylaws and the book of church order and the scriptures as they speak to what a church should be like. And now we're engaged in all kinds of exciting church plants here out in Southampton, down in Forest Hills, and um, through Vision Long Island with other cooperative ventures. That's pretty cool. Cooperating, working together. And nationally and internationally. What we're doing in Benin is so exciting, so healthy. We're helping Christians in Africa spread the gospel. And this week, I, I was at an amazing meeting. I'm sorry you weren't there. I'm so fortunate I get to represent you at this gathering of several hundred New York leaders of, of uh, various churches and ministries in New York on Thursday night. And we were down in preparation for and praying for what is called the Lausanne Congress on Global Evangelization. And bear with me here. In 1974, Francis Schaeffer and Billy Graham called together 2,700 leaders from around the world to Luzon, Switzerland, where they, with John Stott, wrote a covenant to cooperate together to see how the world could be reached for world evangelization. Fifteen years later, in Manila, in the Philippines, there was the second Luzon Congress on world evangelization, and 3,000 delegates from, from 150 countries around the world gathered for a week to reassess how the past 15 years had gone and to plan together, again, what are the strategies and partnerships that need to emerge so that we can reach the world for Christ in a cooperative way. And now, 20 years later, 2010, in Cape Town, South Africa, in October, there will be 4,000 members of the 3rd Luzon Congress on World Evangelization meeting for a week of just humble respectful dialogue from all over the world and for the first time for the first time there will be delegates from China actually from China there will be 250 delegates they couldn't come because of Tiananmen Square 250 delegates are coming They're paying their own way, and they are giving a million and a half dollars to cover the cost of other people who can't afford it. This is from China. Just glorious, just remarkable. And so I'm on a team of people that are planning and and praying for this Congress. I'm not a delegate. Only 400 Americans are going, so they can bring uh, the other other 3,600 people will be from 200 countries around the world. Christians cooperating together for the global task at hand. You see, locally we do it. Most locally you do it in your marriage, in your family, in your small group, in your church, in this region, in our nation, around the world. Submit to one another. It makes it happen. And then why do you do it? He he answers it in the text. I'm not a very good preacher. I'm just letting the text answer my questions. Why? out of reverence for Christ. That's the reason why. This is why you submit. Because it's your desire to honor God, to honor Christ. And this is what Sesame Street doesn't understand. See, Sesame Street doesn't get it. They just tell you to cooperate, which is nice, but it breaks down. This is why communism didn't work, isn't it? This is why Marxism and Marxist doctrine uh, says, oh yes, everybody cooperate. Everybody cooperate together. But what they don't understand, of course, is the broken, sinful human soul that is filled with self-interest and cooperation will only go so far. But we, we understand, we in the church are told why you do it out of reverence for Christ. It's not some sort of godless moral formula. It's because we worship and honor our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Out of reverence for Christ, I submit to you. I cooperate with you, and you cooperate with me. Out of reverence for Christ. Notice, it says you aren't told to submit because the other person is perfect. You don't submit because the other person is such a worthy, deserving individual. It's not because they earned it or even because they deserve it. No. Why do you cooperate? Why do you submit? Why do you serve others out of reverence for Christ? And if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, then you don't understand. If you haven't experienced what it means to have your sins forgiven, to cry out in your own neediness, for a Savior, and to find waves of mercy that have washed over you, and your heart is so thankful, and you have this confidence that heaven is yours, and life everlasting, life eternal is yours, if you don't have that sense, then out of reverence for Christ doesn't mean very much to you. And this is the secret to submission. What is impossible for an, uh, a sinful fallen person is possible for those of us who know and love Jesus Christ, who himself is the very example of what I'm talking about. And you see, this is what's so beautiful. You see, Jesus is not asking us to do anything he didn't do. You know, kids, you don't like it when your parents ask you to do something that they're not willing to do. (laughs) Nobody likes it when the, the boss asks you to do something that he's not willing to do. But you see, Jesus asked us to do precisely what he did. And he humbled himself, became obedient to death. The king of the universe practiced voluntary submission. And when we come to Jesus and we make him the master and the center of our universe, of our lives, we become like him, and then we are able to submit to each other in the body of Christ. And I'll tell you one thing. In the next few weeks, as we talk about authority relationships and parents and children and husband and wives and church and elders and business job bosses and employees and all of these different roles, please understand that in our text today, mutual submission precedes leadership. There has to be a humble spirit in you before you become a leader before you are charged with responsibility for others. You know, before a person becomes an elder in this church, they go through an elder and training time, but when they stand up here on the day that they are installed as an elder in this church, among the many questions we publicly ask them is one that's really important. It's a short sentence. We turn and we say, Will you submit to your brethren in the Lord? When I was installed as the pastor of this church, the presbytery gathered up here, and they said to me, John, will you submit to your brethren in the Lord? And I said, yes. And so we submit, you see, to one another. And this goes such a long way, doesn't it, against the abuses of authority, the uh, ruin that comes in the home and the workplace, and so often where we've seen autocratic power actually bring disgrace to Christ and his church because there hasn't been a humble, sweet spirit of submission even among leaders. Does this make sense to you? Jesus clearly wants us to humble ourselves. It was all through his teaching. In Matthew 18, Jesus says, "He, if you're going to inherit the kingdom of God, you must become like a little child. What does that sound like? You have to become like the needy, humble, submissive person that a child is. Sounds like our verse, Ephesians 5.21. Turn the page at two pages later, Matthew 20. Jesus says, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Must have a sweet spirit of of servant submission. If You want to be great. That sounds a lot like Ephesians 5.21. And on his last night... What did Jesus do? Jesus took the towel. Do you remember that there in the upper room? And he goes and he washes the feet of his disciples, their stinking, dirty feet. And this is the foot that was about to betray him. And this was the foot that was about to deny him. And this was the foot that was about to run away in fear. And he didn't care. And he washed their feet. And then he stands up and he says... You call me Lord and Master, and so you should. Because he is Lord. He is the Master. But then he says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. And it sounds very much like our text. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So here's a question that I need to ask myself today. And I think it's good for every one of us to ask ourselves right now, do I have this spirit? Do I have a humble spirit? Do I have a servant's heart? Do I demonstrate a meekness and a humility that will submit to others out of reverence for Christ? It's really important. What are we, several hundred people? It's really important for us to ask, will we as a church family cooperate what do you think? Will you will you be a part of saying yes? Let's work together to have the blessing of fellowship. You have we have to have this for us to have a powerful united witness before a watching world. You see, the world outside looks at the Church of Jesus Christ and they say, you know, those, those Christians, those Christians are always fighting each other. They're just always going against everybody. But if we're going to have a unified, powerful witness to the world, that we have to love one another and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, to enjoy unity and harmony in a spirit of mutual submission, and for Jesus Christ to receive glory from his body on the earth, that we do not rob, him for glo- for, for, for rob glory from him, we have to humble ourselves, take up the servant's place, And serve one another out of reverence for Christ. I know what the enemy is in my heart. What's the enemy in my my heart? It's pride. It's pride. Pride is my enemy. Is pride your enemy? It might be. Pride that resists. Putting your interests ahead of my own. Putting your way ahead of my way. And there's this in every one of us. Fortunately, Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin of pride and for yours, and I need to go to the cross, humbly confess it time and again and again and again. I need to confess my sin of pride. Say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. You see, Jesus Christ said these amazing words, John 6 37, I think it is. Don't hold me to that. I remember the first time I read it, I wept. I couldn't believe it. Jesus said, For I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And I thought, what a savior. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy this was. The Lord of glory gave up his will. How committed are you to your will? Some of you, some of you, if you were honest, would say, me carrying out my will matters to me more than anything else. It's my way or the highway, and I don't care who you are. Is that the way you That is in defiance of God's word today. If Jesus can say, I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Can we not submit to one another out of reverence for Christ? And then it's a beautiful thing. Will you call on the Lord today? Will you ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit? that this may be true of you. I've seen this in our church such beautiful ways. May he give us more. Let us pray. Let's call on him together. Our Father in heaven, you have instructed us clearly from your word this roadmap. map. You have rebuked me of my pride, of my sin that rises up so easily inside of me as uh, the the passage in Hebrew said that so easily entangles me. And I ask you to forgive me and to forgive my friends here who may also struggle with pride and self-will. And we pray that you would do a miracle, that you would bring the meekness and the humility of Jesus to take up residence in our hearts, this great supernatural cooperation. Lord, Sesame Street just doesn't give the whole gospel. No, what do I need? I need your Holy Spirit to convict me of my pride and willfulness and to replace it with a spirit of submission, a spirit of of voluntary cooperation because we love you. And so we do love you, Lord. And we pray for anyone here who said, I didn't know there was spiritual power to set me free. Well, Lord, we pray for them, that you would give them, you would visit them with this Holy Spirit you would visit them with your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, that you would adopt them into your family, and they would know you as Father. And uh, you would do a wonderful thing for them, as you have done for us. So we surrender ourselves to you. We submit first to you and then to each other. In Jesus' name, amen.